Well, this is it. It's Friday. It's time to go Inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Savalero, and this episode of Inside EMS is sponsored by Image Trend, the creators of Aware, the free mobile app to easily track and access your exposures for life, regardless of your documentation system. We're going to call this the Bilateral Ear Infection Show, by the way, so I am coming to you with bilateral ear infections, and the only reason I tell you that is because my hearing is muffled and I will not be able to hear my co-host very well, Kelly Grayson. KG, how are you doing? Um, I'm good, man. I'm sorry to hear about your bilateral ear infections, but, uh, you know, you, you've been my bilateral ear infection for, for what, six years now, so. Yeah, I guess that's the best you can do, right? That's, it. that's, <laughs> that's the, the best I can do. That, a short um, notice. Yeah, give me give, give me a break, man. I'm I've been hassled and and uh, beset from all directions in the last few few months. So yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard to be Kelly Grayson. I'm I mean, I'm, I'm off my insult game. Oh, you are. All right, we'll get back there, man. Because you know you, right. we got to get to train you. We got to make you get up there yeah. a little bit. Uh, so, Kelly, I got to tell you, man, it's a big week. There was a lot of news that happened this mm-hmm. week. You know, so we're going to address some things. It's going to take us a bit, though. I mean, so one of the big stories that came out was National Registry, you know, was introducing new types of questions. Mm-hmm. You know, we had uh, the EMS Congress Act was introduced in Congress. And then the AHA came out with CPR guideline- guidelines. We're going to take the uh, CPR guidelines and we're going to probably move it to next week's show. So we have a little bit of time that we can you know, kind of look at the, uh, we want to make sure that we kind of read it and have all our facts in the row before we talk about it. But, you know, I think the two things that we want to touch on today is the National Registry. You know, we we talk about Mm -hmm. the National Registry exam, and this is the test that makes you say, what the heck is that? And uh, (laughs) if you speak French, you're able to pass that test because that's how that test is written in French. And you know, we kind of joke about it, but the test is really a, a, a true measure of the the knowledge that you, you should have as a uh, paramedic, as an EMT, as an EMT. And one of the things that uh, you know we've always thought of is that there's two right answers. And uh, but it seems that the National Registry now is going to adapt the test to take it from a multiple uh, multiple choice test to a multiple response test. Kelly, what do you think? I think that's a great thing, you know, and people that don't, uh, the people that hate the hate on the national registry, they, 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 they make memes like, you know, uh, you and your partner are, are working a cardiac arrest. And if the required dose of epinephrine, uh, for a 230 pound man is, uh, 18 flapjacks to shingle a roof, how does the color purple smell? <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing, and and uh, that like a spoof National Registry question. But truthfully, it, it is probably the best testing standard we have out there. I hear uh, people complain because they uh, uh, about the National Registry exam, and it's simple because it can't pass the National Registry exam most of the time. And and, and uh, many of these, you know, state uh, certification exams lag so far behind the times. Uh, that that they're not no longer even remotely valid, uh, yet they persist. You know, you, you have to if you're studying for your state exam, you have to flip back uh, through uh, ten years back in your ACLS and, and BLS guidelines. Have to figure out what the what the uh, standards were ten years ago because that's what's still on your exam. Uh, yet national registry has been you know at the forefront of, of adaptive testing. 
and and uh, and the the new uh, multiple response items are the next uh, are the next evolution of that. And I think it's a great thing, man, because so often when people go to take their their certification exam, the sad thing is is not only is the exam a a test of your knowledge and your cognitive uh, ability, but it's also a test of your test taking skills as well. Uh, and you have to think a certain way to pass the test. And that, that certain way may not necessarily be how you actually practice in the field. Uh, and, and National Registry's newest uh, uh, multiple response items and, and technology-enhanced questions that they're also uh, doing is going to, to much more closely mimic uh, how we actually practice in the field and, and test that sort of thing. So I, I think it's a great thing. And... Uh, uh, um, they're just, you know, they're putting the icing on the cake here with with uh, the quality of testing. I agree. I think that that's a great assessment. I also think one of the things that this is going to do is allow for critical thinking. I mean, when we think yes, about indeed. what we do as a, an EMS provider is, you know, it's the ultimate game of chess, right? I mean, it's a strategy mm-hmm. game. When we walk up on a, on a multi-car accident, you know, we've got to be able now to think, the first three things we're going to do, and then we're figuring out the next two moves uh, mm-hmm. even before the first one starts. And one of the things that I think that shows is, uh, and I think the test is going to show fidelity. And, you know, so your critical thinking is going to how you, uh, you know, how you process. And, um, you know, so I think that that's going to be one of the things that is going to be, uh, uh, you know, an added value to the exam. And then I think it, it takes a little bit of the stress off because when we teach people in, you know, in school and prepare them to, you know, become EMS providers, we're trying to get them to, you know, take in all the information that they can and make the best decisions. And, you know, the, the test prior was, of course, that we had to choose the best answer. And wait a minute, there's more than one answer that looks correct. Well, it doesn't. Yeah, or, or the answer that sucks the least. You know, exactly. <laughs> Or, um, you know, so we have to be able to say, what is the best answer for this question? But, you know, we've heard for a lot of years now that there are, you know, there are multiple uh, best answers, like you say, which one sucks the least. Um, mm-hmm. But now I think you're going to be able to say, choose all the responses that are best for this type mm-hmm. of patient. Kelly, I, you know, the question that I had was, do you think that, the, that this takes the stress off the exam because I think that one of the things that the exam gave us was it, it you know it, it gave us a, a high level of stress to pass the exam and I, I think that that was a good thing because one EMS is a stressful job right number two is the people who were preparing for the test had to prepare for the test and one of the things that came up when I read this does it change the urgency of having to pass this test knowing that there are multiple correct answers? I, I, I think that's a, a double-edged sword. Um, first of all, some people are going to have massive test-taking anxiety no matter what. Um, you know, that's just their, their nature. Uh, they, they tend to get stressed out when they're being evaluated, and it doesn't matter the sophistication or the simplicity of the, of the exam. It's going to to uh, make them break out in a sweat. Uh, yet, I think a lot of people have test taking anxiety because tests, as, as traditionally administered, 
don't accurately ref uh, reflect or gauge someone's uh, uh, process. So their stress comes from having to think in a certain way when that's not their, their normal cognitive processes. And if National Registry can, can allow more flexibility and, and help uh, um, evaluate higher order thinking without, you know, limiting people's options, uh, I think that may eventually um, uh, translate to, to less test-taking anxiety for the participants. Um, it's going to create more anxiety for instructors who teach to the, the test, you know, and, and we, we all know of, of uh, programs like that where uh, they do a great job for, or a, a mediocre job in many cases of, of uh, preparing you to take the National Registry exam, but not a real good job of preparing you to be an EMT or a paramedic. Uh, and, and they teach to the test. Well, now, it, when when the test offers uh, allows for more nuance and more ambiguity and embraces that, uh, you can't go with the least common denominator and say this is the answer. Memorize this, and I think that's going to, to help weed out a lot of the the uh, less quality programs that tend to tend to do just that. Teach to the test, uh, as you said, using your analogy. Um, it's like a chess game, and we're taking examination from checkers to chess, uh, um, and and embracing uh, ambiguity. One of my biggest gripes about EMS education, Chris, and we've discussed this before in the podcast, is that we we have this whole linear process of an algorithmic thinking approach, and and. and no one uses the uh, the phrase "it depends" all that often. We 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 uh, uh, foster this false paradigm that that uh, there is an answer or the answer, and it should be done in this sequence. And we all know that that's not true in actual practice. So when we uh, and we do this this linear, if A, then do B, and then you branch to C and D, and and choose which which uh, items on this this thinking flow chart that uh that you're supposed to choose and and thinking doesn't follow a flow chart uh it's more like a game of asteroids where you're trying to process information from all sorts of different uh directions and, and different sources and make a cohesive uh picture of what's going on with the patient i think that Q, uh uh that the multiple response testing uh will will go along Toward, toward helping foster that sort of thinking and, and encourage it. It occurs to me, though, we, we haven't talked about, uh, we haven't explained to our listeners what is the difference with multiple response versus multiple choice. Um, multiple choice questions are your traditional uh, question where you have a stem and, and uh, one key, which is the correct answer or the most correct answer in, in national registry parlance. Uh, and then three distractors, which are incorrect answers. And usually two of those will be totally incorrect and one will be plausible, but not as good as the key. Those sorts of things are good questions, uh, but they still limit your choices. But a multiple response question will have uh, a stem and a couple of distractors and two keys. That will have two correct answers, and, and or if you have uh, six uh, options, there will be three correct answers, uh, and uh, or uh, three correct answers uh, out of uh, six. So the way registry is doing this is they're doing the two of five or the three of six format, where 
uh, of the available choices. They will either be two out of five that are correct or three out of six that are correct, which gives those guys uh, taking the test uh, a lot more flexibility in in in, uh, in how they approach uh, the examination process and how they uh, more closely mimic their, their thought processes. Yeah, I think that was a great overview. And I, I think that one of the things that we're going to have when it comes to you know, the National Registry exam, and I think the changes are happening this fall, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and what it does for pass rate, success rate, stress. So I think that's all really good. And uh, I want to go ahead and transition the conversation and talk about the CARES Act. But before we do that, your work is hard and your exposures stay with you, regardless of your documentation system. Image Trend Aware, a free mobile app, lets you easily track and access your exposure history throughout your career and into your retirement. Aware is designed for you to manage your professional and personal life. Image Trend has made the Aware app available for free. Download from your App Store or Google Play. Visit imagetrend.com aware to learn more. You know, Kelly, so we talked about it being a big news week and I think I referred to it as the CARES Act, but it's really the Counts Act that is, uh, you know, on Capitol Hill. It's introduced to Congress. And this is a bill that's going to allow EMS to accurately count EMS personnel in the country and really kind of talk about levels of training and really help us leverage the workforce when it comes to disasters. I mean, there there is so much there you know there's so much disaster that happens in the united states whether it's hurricane whether it's tornado and we always do the right thing by sending as many resources as we can to an event but how many resources in the united states are truly available and when we think yeah. about this from the standpoint of our agencies we 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 are probably mismanaged you know we probably mismanage the workforce nationally because we don't really have the true numbers and I think one of the things this is really starting to do is to give us the opportunity to make sure everybody counts. It's almost, you know, think about it equivalent to the census of EMS. I want to get your opinion on this on this bill. But one of the things that I think this helps us to do, Kelly, is to achieve legitimacy as well. Because if yeah. these lawmakers start to say, oh, my God, there's 500,000 EMS providers it's not just, you know, one or two people who are now EMS providers. And I think this has to be, you know, putting us on the doorstep of the resources that we may potentially get. So I think this is a really great move. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, an integral part of, of planning is uh, and logistics is, is knowing what your resources uh, before you even start to marshal your resources. You have to know uh, how many and where those resources are. As the old saying goes, you know, lieutenants think about tactics and colonels think about strategy, and but generals think about logistics. And uh, the uh, logistically, it's very difficult to plan and uh, pre-plan and and uh, and and do these major responses if you don't know what your resources are. And historically, the way we've tracked EMTs and paramedic certifications, and that's uh, the number of personnel, is often how many licenses are current with whatever state's EMS agency. But a great many of those people keep their license current but don't actively work in EMS or not available. They're, they're not, not functionally, they're not part of the workforce. Uh, many of them are cross-trained where 
they're, they're counted as firefighters or police, but they're also EMTs, but they're not counted that way. So, you know, the, the city or the, the, uh, the licensing agency uh, says, well, we have X number of, of firefighters, but only a few EMTs, where a great many of those are EMTs anyway. So I, I think anything that gives us more accurate numbers to, to reflect our, our strength in numbers and, uh, and where the, the, uh, the um, deficiencies in, in, uh, or the, the thin spots in our coverage uh, is going to be a good thing. And this is not something that, that people have just, uh, uh, that a couple of uh, uh, legislators have, have dreamed up without, without any input. This has been heartily endorsed by just about every EMS, uh, major EMS stakeholder group in the country. Uh, I think it's a good thing. And that uh, the more accurate uh, um, count we have, the better we can we can pre-plan. The better we can defend uh, our our efforts at uh, securing better funding through legislation and and so on and so forth. Uh, um, and when we show up at EMS on the Hill Day, uh, we can actually say, "I represent X X amount of of uh, registered voters, uh, Senator, in in your district." Uh, I think that's uh, that could be a potential boon to uh, to uh, EMS and to agents. So, just a little bit about this. You know, the Department of Labor Bureau of Statistics, their current system for counting EMS providers is really kind of insufficient because it doesn't recognize, you know, the cross training of firefighters who are EMTs and paramedics. And it's because of this floor that the occupational classification leads to a significant and chronic undercount of EMS personnel in the United States and that comes right from the press release and but basically what this does is it doesn't allow for us to track gaps in emergency services plan for disasters and really the daily health and safety of the needs of the community you know so think about what that means if a community is underserved now the the you know the lawmakers know this that in their community they are underserved does that mean they need to introduce some bill that says we've got to put more ems providers on the road we've got to pay them a more livable wage to get them to entice them to come to our community i mean mm-hmm. these are what the possibilities can be so when you think about training when you think about staffing when you think about mobilization for disasters i mean i, I don't see a downside to this and i think that one of the things that we have to do and we We've talked about it on this show. You've got to get with your local uh, lawmakers. You've got to get with your, you know, federal lawmakers and go to their local offices and talk to their staffers and let them know how you feel about this. They work for you. We always get intimidated by these senators and by these congressmen. You know what? They put their pants on one leg at a time. And we have to be able now to go into their office and say, congressman, you know, this Counts Act, uh, we really want to support it. And uh, what's yeah. your position on it? Yeah, I, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and it may actually, down the road, pose additional benefits that we really haven't considered. You know, for example, uh, um, Brian Bledsoe has pointed out in, in a number of his lectures that, uh, that a helicopter EMS uh, crew member is the most dangerous per- uh, profession in the United States, uh, head of, uh, you know, king crab fishermen and coal miners and inner city liquor store clerks and, and all this sort of thing. Uh, but, but the statistics don't reflect that because they do not break out, uh, uh, 
air medical crew member or pilot from the rest of the EMS profession. And, and I can't help but think that uh, if you have better counts, then you, you can have more accurate statistics. And uh, the better we know the, the shape and size and location of our workforce, uh, the, the better off we're going to be as a profession in, in all sorts of avenues. But hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. Email us at the show at ems1.com with your concerns, comments, or suggestions. And for myself and co-host Chris Sevalero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week. One more thing, Chris and Kelly. If you're on SoundCloud, just hang on a second because I'm coming right along with my EMS One Stop. So I'll see you there and whatever this week's topic is going to be. Bye for now.